Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Modern Retail Podcast. I'm Kale Guthrie Weissman, the Editor-in-Chief here at Modern Retail. This week, I'm really excited. We have Geffen Skolnick. She's the founder and CEO of Couplet Coffee. And this is a really new company that I've been seeing a lot of buzz about. Um, you guys, I think you just launched like this year, if I'm not mistaken. But right about um, a month ago, yeah. About a month ago, wow. We have a brand new baby company here. But I feel like you've had buzz for a little bit longer than that. You've done some cool pre-launch things. And as listeners of the podcast know, one thing I really love to talk about is coffee. Um, and so uh, I'm excited to talk about coffee with you. But Geffen, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, super excited to be here. Yeah, so first, tell me a little about yourself. So uh, how did you get into the, the coffee business? What were you doing before? Let us know. Yeah, so I'll give you kind of the condensed spiel. Um, you know, in a nutshell, I, you know, was in tech for the past six, seven years. You know, I only graduated college in 2020. Couplet was my side project in college. So, um, it was really my passion project and I've just been obsessed with coffee for, uh, over 10 years now. Um, and I converted so many of my friends to be coffee drinkers versus, you know, people who were always at Starbucks and thought that that was peak coffee. So I just was waiting for another DTC brand to just kind of create what I envisioned in the world, kind of take on big coffee or to just be a more inclusive, accessible brand. Uh, and I just hadn't seen that. So uh, Couplet is kind of, you know, what became uh, of, of that little seed that I planted in my brain a while ago. Um, but yeah, well, left tech, I did, you know, a mix of software engineering, product management, some community work, brand work here and there, really just kind of dabbling in many things, uh, began to lose a bit of passion for it, um, around the pandemic, which is why I started a passion project. So you said you were in tech. What, what were you doing in tech before? Yeah. So I was doing a bit of software engineering. I actually studied linguistics and computer science at UCLA. Um, okay. so I started off naturally doing software engineering. I did that. You know, a couple startups part time. I worked at, you know, probably around a dozen startups in college because I was one of those oh, like wow. hardo interns working everywhere and trying to get as much work experience as I could. Uh, and I quickly found that I was a lot more passionate about kind of like product management roles and what that looks like. And it really, a lot of people call it kind of like a mini CEO. It's a little bit controversial now, but uh, yeah, it was close enough where I can just kind of think about more things. Um, and yeah, so I did some product management dabbled a bit in venture capital, did a little accelerator and worked on a little mini project startup situation. And I just dabbled until I found out that I <laughs> probably will be a founder at some point. I thought it was going to be in tech and it kind of semi is for sure, but you know, it's a CPG brand first and foremost. So. Yeah. So like give the, you said couplet was a side project. What, what was the side project? So was it just that you were roasting the beans? Like what, like give yeah. us the, the evolution of couplet as a, as a company. Yeah. I mean, I had just seen hundreds and hundreds of pitches in tech, in CPG and all of these different things as kind of a venture partner in college. Um, I had never seen anything in coffee. And I was curious as to why. So actually in 2020, I didn't really start Couplet yet. I just spent that time like reaching out to my network and other networks and all the networks that I could to just hear more about coffee in general. Because as a consumer and a kind of like at home barista, I had that knowledge. But, you know, I talked to coffee shop owners that I'd connected with over the years. I talked to farmers, producers of coffee, different people along the supply chain, uh, you know, some DDC coffee brand owners, just just across the board, I just wanted to talk to people. That was 2020. Then in 2021, my thesis was, I think people want a 
more fun and approachable coffee brand. So Couple became a company in 2021. It was kind of an idea, a project, uh, something is missing in coffee, let's figure it out in 2020. That was kind of what the side project was. Then the thesis is that what is missing in coffee is the branding. That's the idea? No, it's it's actually kind of multiple fold. Uh, I would say one, sure, branding, uh, two, just the approach, like the business model, I felt like a lot of people were kind of just starting the same coffee company over and over again, where they would just take, they would probably open some shops, probably one to start. They'd probably end up then roasting their own beans. So there are many like micro roaster situation, local small batch. That's kind of the vibe. And then what would happen after that is um, they would also, all the packaging would look the same uh, for different brands. And so I felt like no one, a lot of the people that I met in the coffee community and not in the coffee community never had like a true affinity towards a brand. So there is the community that was missing. There's the brand that was missing. Going fully, truly D to C was missing in my opinion. I mean, I some people did it really well, but it was still such a like premium artisan niche thing that the target demo was always really small. So just making it more mm-hmm. for everybody that as well. Um, and getting funky with with what you can do, right? So in terms of business model, you know, one of the things that we started doing pretty quickly is doing like the collaborative drops where I kind of let an artist take on creating something and we drop it in a limited fashion. I hadn't seen people borrow from other kind of industries and also just generally from the DC world to kind of do more fun, funky stuff like that. So just kind of blowing up what it means to co- to be a coffee company essentially was my thesis that people just wanted, you know, that to be in the world. So walk me through what you did in 2021, because that was when you were building out all of those different yeah, things. So you everything. had drops, like what, what, what were the drops? How did you approach it? Who, who, who specifically were you targeting? Like yeah. how did that all work? So I used kind of the sample size that was my Twitter following. Uh, I would say I've grown, don't know the percentage wise, we're growing pretty fast here, but right now I have probably like around 10,000 followers on Twitter at the time when I was first kind of talking about all of this, probably around like 3,000 followers. And this, I was essentially just building in public. I was just asking people questions like, hey guys, how are people roasting beans? Where are they doing it? Um, you know, I want to talk to people in the specialty coffee space. I spent all of last year, like one, the, the true thing that I was doing was figuring out how operations work, figuring out how D2C brands do what they do. Um, figuring out how coffee companies do what they do and, and, you know, creating an advisor and investor ecosystem that could help me figure it out as I learn it. Cause I kind of still wanted to like build the plane while I fly it. Um, and that was setting up things operationally. That was figuring out what the branding would be. You know, that took a long time. That packaging was a very iterative process because we have a super unique, like holographic packaging. You know, I just wanted to be as creative as I could with what everything looked like down to like the website, the everything. Um, and at the same time, I was like, you know what? I'm a scrappy person. And it was just me for the longest. Um, I'm a scrappy person. What's something funky that I can do to build brand and build community? Uh, starting off with just Twitter. So like, you know, we didn't really get big on TikTok until later. Like right now we're still like, we're getting there, but we have a decent engagement, like pretty decent engagement there. And we grow pretty fast on there. Um, but yeah, using just Twitter as and like the community that I was building on there, uh, that was kind of the initial way that I was starting this business. Um, and so I just partnered with different artists that I thought were interesting or cool. And I was like, hey, do you want to do um, create X product? And I give you full creative control over what it looks like. Just know that our branding is 
supposed to be fun, colorful. We kind of had a color scheme always ready to go. Um, fun, colorful, and makes people feel welcome to the coffee community. Uh, and they all just absolutely nailed it. And we just kind of sold out of everything very quickly. First, we started with really small batches, right? Like 50 products. Then we went up to like 350 products plus um, per drop. So, yeah. So give me an example of one. Who was the artist? What did it do? What did the artist contribute? And how, like, was it all just done organically on Twitter? Walk, let's give a case yeah. study here. So uh, one of the case studies is that we worked with a really awesome artist. Her name is Ludi Leva. And she designed uh, our glass. And the glass that she designed, I just had never seen anyone go funky with glass. Um, she designed it because this glass that had people on it and plants and rainbows and mushrooms and just like things that I, I think a lot of queer folks would like people who are into like fun brands would like, it was super colorful. Uh, and we just kind of posted it on Twitter. Some people bought it and made videos on TikTok. Those TikTok videos went viral. So then all of a sudden I had a bunch of people asking me like, Oh my God, like, yeah, how do I buy this glass? And so we ordered more of them for like one more drop so that we can actually, you know, meet that new community and, and see what they think of like the products that we create. And that was it. And I'm like never selling them again. Cause I did say it was a limited drop. So yeah, first it kind of like picked up speed on Twitter. Cause people were like, Oh, this is so cool. I'm going to buy it. Uh, and then a lot of those people who were creating videos just happened to blow up on TikTok, and it went viral a couple times for sure. Um, on TikTok, both on our feed and other people's feed. So talk to me about sourcing, because you said that you reached out to producers. One of the things that most coffee brands, you know, especially like newer coffee brands talk about is, you know, who they're working with, the farms and like, yeah. you know, like that, that's always sort of a limiting factor in terms of age, like, you know, how much stock are you able to get all that jazz. So like, yeah. how, how do you, how do you source your beans? Where is it coming from? And how did you form those relationships? Yeah. So the first thing that I did was try to figure out what's the best way for me to get this off the ground without having previous you know, hundreds of connections, different producers and farmers and things like that. So I actually found a uh, family farm out of Nicaragua um, and they have these uh, co-op roasteries. Uh, it's called the Pulley Collective. So we roast out of there in Vernon right now. Um, and I basically was like, okay, I need help getting the first few batches of coffee. Who are you already working with? I want to use your beans from your farm. And I'm also looking for these types of producers and these sorts of farmers. So like right now, for instance, when we're sourcing new beans, um, it's either directly from this farm who actually owns multiple other farms, like in Peru, et cetera. Um, and now I'm working to, it's actually funny. You can do this on Instagram these days. I'm actively reaching out to women-owned co-ops and farms in different regions that I want uh, in uh, everywhere from Rwanda. I've been talking to people in Ethiopia, Costa Rica, just getting on calls and, and DMing people on Instagram who have like even the smallest presence, but you find them somehow since I'm so deep in the weeds in the coffee community. So I'm, ac I'm actually sourcing that way right now and asking people for samples. Sometimes I ask them for green samples and then we roast them uh, on the Akawa at the roastery. And yeah, I'm trying to go di as direct as I can. So yeah. Wow. So you, you're, <laughs> yeah. there's an entire community of of roasters on Instagram? I had no idea. Roasters, yes, but also people who own farms and producers. That's what I meant, growers. That's totally, what I, meant. Totally. I had no idea yeah, about yeah. that. I, I didn't know either, but I just kind of went in the weeds and found what I could, so, yeah. So, and, like, how do you, like, pretty much, are you just messaging them and saying, hey, this looks good, can you send me some beans? Uh, like, yeah, and 
That's crazy. I've never heard that before. I know. I didn't know it was a thing. I just realized pretty quickly, like there's a lot of typical places to source beans. There's a lot of these different marketplaces. There's Alam. There's so many. I could name like 20. Um, But I thought it'd be more fun to connect direct. And I also just asked a lot of my friends in coffee. I just created just a really awesome mini community of people who were already in coffee for 10, 15 years who really understood what I was building and wanted to help. And I said, hey, who do you know in Costa Rica? Who do you know here or there? And they would just connect me and I would hop on calls and honestly ask a lot of dumb questions. And I'm continuing to ask dumb questions because I'm not going to act like I'm a like an expert in 20 years in coffee. I'm just a person who's been super into it for a long time. Um, truly, whoever I could get on a call with and then a lot of the people who are already either someone in the ecosystem in coffee, somewhere along the supply chain, they're in that world. And I'm like, I'm looking for this. I'm open to kind of what profiles of the coffee they are, as long as it's specialty grade. Um, I'm, I'm open to just kind of chatting and getting samples. And, and that's just kind of how I've approached it. Obviously, I'm going to need to now hire and create a new sourcing team and kind of like, you know, develop this coffee program more. But this was the humble beginnings of, of you know, how I've gone about this. These growers that you're working with, who are they mostly producing for? Are they working with other sort of small batch, you know, uh, roasters or coffee companies as well? Are they doing something else? Yeah, I would say some of them, I mean, some of our uh, beans, like our current Brazil is from the same producer and farmer that Intelligentsia buys from. Like a lot of these people, yeah, a lot of these people work with a lot of the bigger brands. Some don't at all and work with only small batch roasters that they've created relationships with. I mean, it's all just a relationship game. Um, So yeah, it's just different for each, each producer and farmer. So. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. So walk me through. So you, you you sort of did these sort of iterations, these tests where you did, you know, you had 50 products, you had 300 products. And I know that you recently raised, you know, some money to get this off the ground. What were you sort of, how did the business model evolve from there? And what, what was it that you began, that you officially pitched to your investors? So like, what was, you were like, pretty much we're a brand, we sell mostly direct to consumer. We also do these collaborations. Like, just give me the the full the full rundown. Yeah. So I will go in the weeds with you on that because obviously things have iterated quite a bit. Um, when I was first pitching Couplet, I wanted to keep it as a tech company almost. So my first thing that I thought the world needed was like kind of a stitch fix for coffee, kind of like an iteration on Mister Box and. I lost passion for that pretty quickly. I was just like, no, I think what I really want to build is something that's going to be significantly harder for me to build, which is a brand new brand coming off the ground. And I think I can do it because I understand what's missing. And I've practically interviewed at least a couple hundred people just naturally being a person who's been interested in it over the years. Like, I think I have something to work with to kind of kick this off. And I deeply understand marketing um, from only working at consumer brands ever really. Uh, I've never worked at a SaaS company. So <laughs> that was what I immediately pivoted to. I was like, okay, cool. We're going to be a coffee brand. And then I quickly realized doing the drops, they were experiments. All of them were experiments. I was just like, let me do something crazy. I don't know. Who cares? Let's try it. Um, I realized what the reason why people really like the drops is like, one, they have, you know, there's the scarcity of them to, um, they know that we care uh, and we've always really cared about aesthetic and design. I think that's been pretty obvious since we started this. Um, there are some th- the things are just going to be cool. So it's something to look forward to. Like you never know what's coming next. We haven't, 
a lot of the different drops that we did is just the artist's style. And I told them, you don't even have to worry about our branding. I'm not even going to send you the branding guideline if you don't want it. You can use our logo or not. You can use, you know, something that's related to the brand or not. There's like a lot of concepts out there that people haven't ran with before. So like, do what you want. Um, so there was that element as well. Um, that was never going to be my like the whole, the only part of the business model. Uh, it just needed, I just needed to take my time to understand and iterate on like, how do I build a coffee business and a DTC brand at the same time? So uh, then I realized, okay, a lot of people are telling me different things. One, pe- well, you know, a couple different people are telling me just do DTC coffee. You know, you don't need to do equipment. Don't do anything else. Just focus on one SKU. And then I realized very quickly where we're going to win is, um, you know, getting cool coffee equipment out to people. That was another thesis that I had that I tested on TikTok. I actually just, uh, I debuted the Calpert Mocha Pot in the Heart French Press through a video on TikTok. That video went viral. I got probably like 750 comments of people telling me they want to buy it really bad. Like they were saying crazy stuff in the comments. I won't even say it on the podcast, but you could go ahead and look. And a lot of people were just like, I really want this product. So then I realized, okay, so we're going to be a coffee company. We're going to sell coffee equipment that people haven't seen before because it's just more fun and fits with our brand. Um, and then the last piece is, yeah, we're definitely treating merch and any sort of merch goods that we constantly have available as like a capsule collection as like something streetwear. So a lot of people will post pictures in their couplet sweaters and it's, you know, you think it's from a fashion brand or from a streetwear company. So those are kind of the three facets that kind of make us truly a lifestyle brand. And honestly, it's kept our AOV really high, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I kind of iterated from like, do I just sell a coffee subscription service? No, if I want to be a truly community focused brand and do really funky and fun stuff, it's got to be a lifestyle brand. We got to expand like what that looks like. So those are the main three things that we sell. Um, another thing that I realized very quickly is that people are looking for new incumbents to work with. Um, so we're currently the national coffee distributor for players cafe, which is powered by the lotto. And so we're opening 20 locations of cafes with them right now. Um, So yeah, we're, we're already in five. I think actually right now, I think it's four. We're on the fifth, we're working on the fifth one. Um, so that's one side of the business where I realized, okay, we obviously need to go into cafes. It's super, it's a very much a relationship game. Um, so I'm not gonna be able to break into all these coffee shops really quickly. I'm not going to be naive about that. Even if the packaging of the coffee is great. So I'm just going to find partners that I really put in a lot of effort with and my coffee team and my marketing team, we're going to like work over time to make sure they're super satisfied and feel like they're getting crazy good service. So we kind of do Players Cafe. We have, I think we're, we're in 17 accounts right now and that's growing. I can't even name a couple of the other big ones that we just nailed, but um, we're kind of going really intentional about, I, I don't want to just throw my stuff everywhere. I kind of want to work with shops that I can really work with, understand, go visit, you know, do some sort of cool promotion with sample like those. That's kind of why we're keeping it fairly small right now. Um, and yeah, so it's cafes, it's like influencer collabs, it's pop-ups, there's a bunch of stuff in the works. Like, you know, we have done candles, like coffee candles that offset coffee landfill. Like we've just done all sorts of, all sorts of things. But uh, the reason why I did all of these things was just kind of hone in on like, what do people really want and what things can I partner with other retailers to sell exclusively? You know, do we do RTD? Do we not, you know, we, we just have been iterating and testing on like what the business model looks like, but 
a lot of new things are in the works for sure on that side. Wow, that is a lot of different things. Um, a lot of things. Let's talk about <laughs> the the players cafe thing. I want because I want I wanted to ask you about cafes. So, our first, are you only retail there, or are you also doing behind behind the bar all the coffee for that too? Oh yeah, we're the whole the whole shebang. Um, we're you know helping them build out these little coffee carts inside. This this is actually an evolving partnership. I just was talking to them yesterday, so I can't give a lot of details about how it's going to evolve, but basically we're both retail, like selling retail there and helping them build out the coffee program. You know, some locations will be cold brew, there's going to be hot and cold coffee, and that's going to evolve quite a bit cuz they're putting a lot of effort into their coffee program. So, can't speak on like what's next, but um we are doing both like you know, they sell us retail and they also we help them open the cafes. So, you know, you say you're testing it out and you're trying to remain very intentional about who you partner with. What are you looking for in terms of sort of a, a business collaboration or, or being, you know, for being working with another cafe? Yeah, I would say. Um, so, for instance, one other coffee shop that we're currently both selling beans at but um, brewing coffee at is Oracle Tavern. And Oracle Tavern is a super cool kind of like bar cafe lounge in Chinatown in L.A., um, and it's cool because they host a lot of queer events there. Like a lot of the queer events that I've gone to, um, were hosted there and we've actually hosted our queer art show and poetry night, our second one there as well. Um, so it's like kind of, and it's not, this isn't for every single location, but it's in terms of like where we're moving, those intentional collaborations are really meaningful because if people know that couplet, like this inherently queer, super fun, like everyone can have coffee sort of brand is at this place where a lot of the folks of my demographic are hanging out at. A lot of them have naturally been like, oh, where's this coffee from? Or they see the bag on, on the shelf and they're like, oh my God, like, what is that? I got to buy it. Um, it's just helped us build a lot of early evangelists. And I really care about like every single early evangelist that posts about couplet, talks about couplet, comes to our events, does this, does that. So that's kind of what I mean by that, right? Like that's a really specific location for us. Um, they want to expand their coffee program. I went and talked to the owner and I was like, listen, I have, you know, my team has been in coffee a lot longer than I have. They're coffee geniuses. I can kind of guide you through like what, you know, this all looks like. And yeah, that's, that's kind of another example there. Absolutely. So, uh, you've been launched officially for a month. How, what, like, how did the launch go? What have you seen? Where, like, where have you been trying to acquire customers? What, like, just walk me through it. Yeah. So, um, the launch was great. I think it's been funny because I'm putting a lot of my eggs into content because we've just historically been very good at contact content because, you know, one, we've been viral on TikTok multiple times and it's just been my face up until very literally like two weeks ago. It's been just my face on the TikTok. So I'm hiring multiple people in video, in content creation to like kind of help us curate what does this look like moving forward as like a real traffic source? Because a lot of my traffic has been from TikTok just in general, right? With the limited drops, TikTok and Twitter, um, I have not put that much effort into Instagram. So we're not going the, the typical Instagram ads route. We're definitely doing some tests there, but, you know, as a super small company who's, you know, only raised an angel round last year. Like we're definitely trying to be really smart about like what are some cost efficient, meaningful ways to get traffic, um, but to get meaningful traffic, not just kind of anyone and everyone, people who would be into the brand and understand it. So, so going viral on TikTok, if you have a limited edition drop, 
I can imagine like if you're selling 300 things that probably will like that, that makes sense. Do you see enough volume for that kind of traction sort of at scale or are you, are you witnessing that? Does it really, I've always wondered, does TikTok or even Twitter for that matter, does it actually convert successfully? It does convert successfully. Um, but there needs to be multiple other sources. So press has been really good for us. Um, we're getting a really decent amount of press right now. And so people are definitely reading about us in roundups and like the strategists, we've been in the strategists. People are starting to see us both in press, um, also in a lot of brand collaborations that we're doing. So we're cooking up like in the the dozens right now, ideas with different brands. Some are just like currently happening. Some are happening in two months, a year. We're doing a bunch of brand collaborations. I think that has been super great just because a lot of my buddies are CPG founders and they're like pretty big or very huge. And they're just super down to partner on content on a product together because they know we're pretty nimble and can source and create something very quickly and um, get some really awesome creative in a scrappy way too for these sorts of things. So, you know, we're dabbling in out of home. We're, we're dabbling in newsletters. We're all these things are in the works primarily I would say just because I know that we're just such a TikTokable product, we've done well there. And but of course, we do need to expand where we're getting traffic from. So, what is working on TikTok? Is it is it just you making coffee? Is it you using the the cow mocha pot? What like what what is it that's resonating? I, or is it one of those? I feel like on TikTok, and this is because I'm in that algorithm. Like I see so many people talking about how they pull a shot of espresso or something like that, which you know speaks to me, but probably only to a smaller group of people who love coffee like I do. So, what what is working? Yeah, I would say um, that's very fair. That's a very fair assessment, and I agree with you that coffee content can only go so far. I think. When we go and make funnier content or make fun of coffee culture um, or are not selling the product, but showing it in a video, like I make some really funny, very dumb skits with two coffee equipments that we have, right? The Capert Mocha Pot and the, the Lover's French Press. Like I've made a, I think a three-part skit that does pretty well where they're kind of fighting each other. Like, I'm just going funky with the content. I think people, but that way it it still sells because they're like, oh, this is funny, but also those are cool. Do you sell those? Where can I get them? Link in bio. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so the, I've basically realized very quickly as both a consumer, like a heavy consumer of TikTok and someone who's, you know, trying to acquire customers on TikTok. They just, they're, they're, you know, you got to just entertain them, entertain them. And if, they see something they like. And a lot of the times people are just like, I've never seen a heart French press before. I, I think this is a cool gift or this is something a lot more aesthetically pleasing. I connect with this brand. I've seen you like probably five times on my For You page. This is cool. Let's try it out, you know? And then I try to connect with people as much as I can in the comments. I have like every comment I try to, you know, reply to myself and say, hey, if it, a lot of people have also reached out and been like, I really like your products. I've been watching for a long time. You know, when I get my paycheck, I'll I'll get it. And sometimes I'll just send it to them for free and be like, hey, like, I really appreciate the love. I'll just send you this for free. Um, you know, other times I'll just give a discount code just kind of depends. But yeah, I mean, is basically connecting with the people who have even shown the slightest interest in my product has been very high conversion rate for us, to be honest with you. That makes sense. So uh it's been a month, sort of what's the plan for the next year? Is it product expansion? Yeah. Is it, you know, adding new SKUs, like new coffee products? Or, like, what, what, yeah. what are you seeing? Yeah, so I am indeed going to be focused on product expansion expansion for sure, right? Like uh, bags of beans sell pretty slow. They don't, not a lot of retailers are that interested in 
carrying more bags of beans, right? You see a shelf at Erewhon and it's full of, it's like 25 brands. Um, honestly, though, I will say we've gotten a lot of feedback from our retailers in general that, you know, amongst the OGs and the newbies and the greats uh, on shelves, we're, we're selling and we're selling a lot more than anyone expected. And it's because when you see it on a shelf, it stands out. It's holographic. It's cute. It's bright. Where, where in retail are you right now out of curiosity? Yeah, we're in 17 locations. So we're in like five locations in New York. We're in kind of like the cutesy gift stores in New York with some Instagram followings. Um, we're in like Orchard Grocer. We're in some cafes. We were, we're at Bumble Cafe. You know, we're just kind of testing a bunch of different retailers and kind of like what that looks mm-hmm. like, whether they're brewing couplet or just selling the equipment. Um, so think cutesy gift stores. Uh, think some smaller grocers, some niche grocers, um, and like the natural food product sorts of stores. Like that's, that's where we're at right now. So, yeah. Cool. And like with the, with the coffee shop stuff or like working with cafes, what is your overall goal with that? Is it, and do you have like, are you hoping that you have, you know, 50, 50 DTC wholesale? Like what, 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 what are you thinking on that front? I'm actually keeping it very open as of right now because being a coffee, like a national coffee distributor for like one, you know, brand is very lucrative and also really positive partnership to have, especially when, you know, they trust us pretty deeply to innovate per location and be a part of that process. So like those things are really great. Um, I want it to be a healthy split. D2C is very important to me. Like we're primarily a D2C brand. Uh, And, you know, it's also really great to convert people to, to subscribers of couplet. That's always like the best thing for us, right? LTV wise. But I really do think that going heavier on retail with our presence, you know, we just launched on Dashmart yesterday. Um, Going heavier on our presence, both on marketplaces, like the Dashmarts of the world, uh, the, the stores where a lot of my typical consumer will walk into. The more that they're seeing us, honestly, I mean, we have the little QR codes on the bags. You know, we're just retargeting in person (laughs) instead of on ads all the time. So, yeah, um, I do think I, we are leaning a little bit heavier into being on shelves right now so that it can help fuel and bring that customer into our ecosystem because we are going to be innovating quite a bit. And it, I think that a lot of them have been really excited about either finding us on a shelf, posting a picture. And I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, like we have an online, you know, we all DM a lot of people who are posting UGC. Like, oh, that's that's awesome. Like, please tell me how you like it. If you didn't like that bag, like I'll personally send you a different bag that we have. We have three different, you know bags available right now. So yeah, I do. I think definitely leaning heavier into retail and being on shelves in general. Cafes are great because, you know, they're, they're sampling it. So a lot of the people, my own consumer behavior has always been, you know, when I go into a shop, whatever city I'm visiting or my own, and I really liked that drink that I had on espresso. I personally love that's I lean heavy towards espresso based drinks. I'll grab it back. I'll, I'll be like, Hey, is this the one that you guys are currently brewing? I'll grab the back. So that's also kind of another way to convert people to, you know, trying us that way as well. So it's all, it all comes back to feeding back into the DTC ecosystem. But of course at the beginning, just because things are so expensive, we lean heavier towards wholesale. So. Are you on Amazon or are you not going to do that? We're going to be. <laughs> we're going yeah. to be. Yeah. Makes sense. I, I'd yeah, be on yeah, Amazon yeah. if I were in your shoes. I know. Yeah. We, we were invited to their emerging brands program. So we will be, it's just the time has to be right. So. <laughs> Got it. And are you like, have you done, have you done anything with, you said Dashmart, but any of the other like 
grocery apps or like 15 minute apps. I feel like that, that's the kind of thing that probably speaks to people who would, who would totally. want to buy your product. Yeah. Those are all cooking. We're all, those are all cooking at the moment. We're currently only live with Dashmart right now, but definitely some news coming my way about other, other apps and, and just different ways to get couplet. So yeah, I'm excited. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, Geffen, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, I appreciate it. This has been a blast. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Retail Podcast, a show by Digiday. If you haven't already, please do subscribe and send this podcast over to a friend who you know would enjoy it. See you next week.